Now, if everybody's wondering why I start out with dreams and nightmares, well, because this past weekend with the Tampa Bay Titans, that's exactly what it was. Dreams and nightmares because it started out as a nightmare for the team in the first half and then became a dream in the second half when it came back from a 19-point deficit to end up winning the game at the end of the night. And if you flip it around, when it comes to the Sixers, unfortunately, they created their own dreams and nightmares as now they had the opportunity to actually close out the series in Philly now I have to travel back to Toronto, play game five in Toronto with the momentum going to the Toronto Raptors. But with that being said, I am Angel. This is episode 132. And tonight from the Q's Stallions in game reporter, Kayla McCarthy is with us tonight. She will talk about her career as a journalist, how it is to attend Syracuse, the what Donovan Nav had told us in the past, it is the premier school for journalism. So we'll find out how it's like to attend Syracuse, what it's like to attend it, some of the NFL news that are coming up. And along with the WNBA, we'll find out exactly what team she likes herself as we do not have our second guest, Tegan. She had something to do this evening. So unfortunately she had to uh, step away, but we will bring all the action regardless and DJ Montage is finally back with us after his long hiatus. Here's there, the man behind the glass. So thanks to DJ Montage coming back. And with all that being said, it is Tuesday night, about 91 degrees out here in Tampa, Florida. And we're going to get the show started here on the way. So thank you to everyone who tunes in here stateside, overseas, in Brazil, Australia, and everywhere in between, including our friends to the north in Canada. Welcome to Broad Street South, episode 132. I'm Angel. Let's get the show started. Now, to give you just a little bit of a background here as I bring it up, so you can see the work behind this young lady and what she does for not only for herself, for her school, and for the league. I'm going to share a little bit of video here and some audio for you guys to see Kaylin herself while she's working. And for Syracuse, there's a lot of new faces on this team. Only three former players and a brand new head coach. They're the most complete team, and especially in the ACC, that it was so tough this year with Louisville and Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, and the list continues. And you mentioned the national championship being a runner-up last season. Yeah. Does that give you a little bit more motivation coming into this season? Syracuse comes into their final game of the season, five and six, and they're still looking for that sixth win to clinch bowl eligibility. The worst record in the WNBA last year, Six and 26, but they did have the most draft picks with seven. But you're going to want to remember this name, Deuce Chestnut, the second year freshman. He had an Now, just to bring a little bit of taste, as I said here, of Caitlin's work, we will bring on the lady herself this evening who's joining us live out there in Syracuse, New York. Caitlin, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. And uh, from what I, also, what I understand, you had a pretty busy uh, TBL Pro League All-Star Weekend. First of all, how was that and how was the experience for you doing it firsthand? It was honestly amazing just to see all the players from all over the country. And just a lot of fun, especially that it was right here in Syracuse for the first time. 
So you got extremely lucky with it being in your own backyard. And, and I, from what I understand, he moved around from, from location to location. But it was good that at least that you end up getting the nod. So explain to everyone who's watching tonight and those even who are watching also from the TVL side of the house, how did you end up getting the nod for this? I was I know that you're the inline or the in-game reporter for uh, the silent reporter, excuse me, for the Syracuse Stallions. But how did you end up getting the nod to be there for All-Star Weekend? So since it was in Syracuse, um, luckily I was able to cover it. Um, they just allowed me, unfortunately I couldn't go to the first event, but they said, please show up, um, do whatever, make content for social media. And I did it with um, Tegan and it just worked out really well. And I honestly got a lot more experience than I thought I was going to be able to. That's it. Listen, experience is always the best thing ever because you never know. First of all, as I always say, you don't know who you're going to end up networking with because you don't know how it all end up playing out. But for you, that works out really well because you don't know the same way. It, someone from the TBL in-house somewhere else can end up seeing and then reaching out to you, whether it be in ESPN, could be from Fox or something else. So to get your face in front of a lot of people, that's the best exposure you can possibly get. So, And and I saw some of the coverage over the weekend. You guys in Tegan, like I said, and I apologize for her not to be on tonight, but you guys have the experience that most people don't have the opportunity but it, it's nice to see that you did get the at least a call to be there. And that's, that, again, I, my hat's off to you because I know it's tough, even if it's last minute and, and the stuff you end up putting together, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's good that you have, again, the, the liberty to do so. So thank you for doing that. And I want people to understand as well, becoming a journalist, you got to, for one, if you let everyone know the journey to get there and then the amount of work that it takes, because journalism is some of those things that you just can't, sure, you can put your head to sleep at night to make sure you take care of business. But at the same time too, it's constant work over and over so you guys can stay on top of whatever the latest news is, whatever, whether it's sports, news, anything related to journalism. So let everybody know, how did you choose the profession and then where your career stands at this point? So um, I originally chose this profession. Um, I mean, it took a while to get here. Honestly, I started off as a nursing major in community college and then I went over to ed, uh, elementary education, but the only thing I truly loved was sports and talking about sports. I just remember being younger and watching Cam Oliver on the sidelines and I was like, I want her job. Um, and so that's the only thing I really loved was, was sports. So um, after community college, I went to a four year, but unfortunately it was during COVID. Um, so I didn't really get the experience I wanted. And luckily I was able to come here to Syracuse and just all the experience I've been able to have here has just been phenomenal and really just getting my foot in the door as I'm coming close to graduation from the master's program. Now with you being so close now to graduation, the obviously the inspiration and the aspirations also is to make it to a network, either whether being close to home there in, in Syracuse, and I'm not saying obviously that is your hometown, but if it is, if New York state is where you live and reside, then you have obviously New York City, which everybody seems to be the ultimate goal where a lot of people want to go. ESPN, who just opened up uh, another a set of studios there about two years ago in New York as well. So there's a lot of places for you to start your career down there. If you had the choice and or if you had the call, who would you want to go to first or which call from which network would you love that it would be a dream job for you? Um. I honestly want to move out of New York just to experience something else. Um, but 
probably my dream job would to be either work for NFL Network um, or the WNBA. So if it is a WNBA, I'll be in New York City. Um, so either one of those, I think, is my end goal for myself. All right. And I put, by the way, I apologize to everyone who's viewing the show tonight. The studio lighting here, for some reason, went on the fritz a little bit. So that's why I look a little bit darker than usual, because normally it's a lot lighter than this. So I apologize for that. But it's, it, it's the WNBA has come around, I think, a lot more than what people expected. Last year was the highest ratings as far as during the playoffs and then for the WNBA finals, which is good to see because obviously their league continues to grow little by little, just like the TBL league. It's surprising when they started in 2018, they started with eight teams. And then just four years later, even during COVID, they were able to make it. They're up to 45 teams, which is pretty incredible for the league. And they're not even done growing yet because they just had two more signings that the teams won't start until 2023. But the WNBA, it's nice because it, it's the breakaway, you know, for some people who obviously the NBA season has come, the regular season has come to a close, and now we're in the playoff uh, segment of the season, which then the WNBA is not that far away. And so for some of the guys who play in the summer league or they go overseas, it's nice because for the basketball lovers, it's almost like 365 days of nothing but basketball. But the WNBA has finally gotten the components together to make their product at least put on the map, where it's just that you wouldn't hear about the women who've just played overseas, and you would never know it unless you ever, you know, you had a subscription, you happen to be overseas. It's nice to see that stateside. It's getting to be a lot better. It's growing a lot more. Do you could you put your finger on on something that maybe what's made the WNBA more successful last season than let's just say the last two seasons? I think just advertising it properly, like putting the word out there, putting games on at times that people would watch. I think a lot of the problems with women's sports in general are that they're scheduling these games at like times that people aren't able to watch them. And for like the women's uh, college basketball championship, this was the first year they put it on, on ESPN at 8 p.m. And the viewership went up like almost 20% this year because of the times they put on. So I think just by putting in on major platforms and spreading the word has really helped women's sports grow as a whole. Well, all I would like to see is for them to continue excelling in, in the league, in the program. I think more owners are going to start coming forward because the product is working. And I know for some cities, it, it's taking a little bit longer for it to take off. And I understand it. I get it. You know, when the season starts, it comes around the same amount of time too, where people take vacation and not using that for excuse because those of us even who take a vacation like myself, if there's an event in a town where I'm at and I can attend to it while I'm on vacation, I'll, I'll go just to support the team you know, in the local economy as well. But it, it's great to see that what, what we're starting to see, and especially these the player coaches that like Dawn Staley herself, who came through the college ranks, through high school, through the college ranks, got herself in place to be where she's able to win, number one, the ultimate prize, but to be able to be recognized just as a person herself where I think she may not be, and I could be wrong, I don't believe that she may stay in the WNBA too long, and I don't mean that as in the wrong concept. I think she could be one of the first females that could break over into the NBA and become a head coach because of how well she is, how, know, how she knows the game. I mean, she's as her knowledge comes just about as close to when it, when it comes to LeBron James. Like LeBron, the, the man sleeps, eats, breathes basketball 
it, when he walks away from the game, he'll remember like every single minute of every single play he ever did. Dawn Staley is the same way too, where she knows the game. She knows what it takes to win. She knows exactly what, you know, how to push the product. So to me, and, and it could be even the Houston Rockets might be the first one to make the nod for, but I think it won't be too long before she crosses over. Do you think as more and more women are starting to get more involved with sports and they've been there for years, now it's finally they're getting to that next level. We see the Yankees now having their first female uh, uh, manager. Do we can are we going to see still more women exceeding whether it being in the media and especially as head coaches, not just in the WNBA? I absolutely, I I totally believe so, and I think that's what needs to happen. Um, so many qualified women in this industry don't really get some of the same opportunities. So I think that as more and more opportunities are being given to women that it's absolutely going to be in like more professional or higher up roles like athletic directors head coaches of men's teams um so i i I definitely think in the future that more women will break into male sports now i will say because uh, obviously we all have parents we know that at this point in your career I'm pretty sure your your mom and dad are extremely happy of of where you are and where you're going to be. How much of the influence from your own parents, from your own families, or even from your own friends had taken you to the journey where you are now? Um, I would definitely say my family, my mom and stepdad and grandparents have, and uncles, all of them have been so supportive of me in this journey. Um, they never told me I couldn't do it. If anything, they were the ones telling me I could, even if I didn't believe it, if it was a bad day or something. Um, I think like, especially growing up in like in high school, a lot of people told me I couldn't do it, but now they see me doing it. So now they're kind of like, oh, like now she's actually doing it. And I think even if the people that doubted me, like they're actually seeing I could do it. Um, like either way, I just think it's been amazing experience. Sometimes you need a little motivation from people that didn't necessarily believe in you. So I think I got a little bit of both of that between family and peers I went to like high school with. Well, it's, listen, it, it's always again the, the the support from family and friends is always huge. The same way when when as you network with folks because you never know who knows someone. You never the same the old saying is you never bring your bridges. Because you don't know. And especially in this industry, when you're talking about media, whether it's being radio, TV, you know, even magazines, newspapers, social media itself, you don't know who knows someone. And so the worst thing to do is to, to say something, and everybody has a bad day, don't get me wrong, but to say something out of character. And it may not, it's not even anything harsh because today you don't have all you, you can even say the word darn and people take it, you know, they make it this big from something so tiny. But being in the, in the field that you're in right now as a journalist, the big thing that people are going to look and start to criticize, like, does she have her facts? Where does she get it from? If she has sources, where does she get her sources from? Is it a believable source? So now the next step of your journey that everybody's supporting you through, that's when, when you start making a name for yourself, you want to make sure for that simple reason is that when you get to report your story and it comes from Kaylin herself, is that all the facts are in place and no one can ever take that away from you because it's, like I said, the road to get to where you are, it's not an easy one. Between studies, the sacrifice, where you want to be, 
again, taking opportunities like the TBL Pro League to make sure that you can get there with the Syracuse Stallions. I mean, all those things come into play for you to make that successful journey. So I hope, for me personally, that you continue to exceed your own expectations so that someday when if you're with ESPN or like you said, the NFL Network, then when I look at the screen, even if I'm much older than what I am right now, it's to remember, I remember when she was on my show. I do remember how she talked about her journey and how to get there. So I just hope that you continue to exceed and, and just surpass your own expectations. Thank you. Not, listen, no problem. But I want to get a little bit into the NFL. We know the draft is coming up. And by any means, we're not breaking down any draft picks or anything else like that. But I do understand you are a Baltimore Ravens fans. And I don't say Baltimore like some people say Baltimore. It's just those who are from the area, they know. From the Ravens, Harbaugh got another extension again, which is good to see because they believe him that much that he's still going to get this team turned around. What do you think, if anything, are the expectations that the Ravens will need to have a much more successful campaign this year? Well, I think that they had such a poor season last year because of all the injuries and they need more depth in their roster. And I think that starts with adding edge rushers and corners to their roster this season. Um, we have a pretty early pick on this year. We usually the Ravens would pick more towards the mid twenties, but this year they have 14 overall. Um, and I think they could go like a, many different ways, um, but this team still has a lot of needs, um, even though they did some work in free agency. Um, but I think that, you know, last year was an off year. There were so many injuries, too many to count. And I think that this really needs to be a bounce back year, especially with Lamar Jackson not signing, you know, an extension and which is on his end. So um, just really proving as a team that they could do this. Cause I think there's still so many people that doubt Lamar Jackson and um, not really sure why, but I think they just, they just need to have a better season and just prove everyone wrong. So now, as you mentioned Lamar here and wondering why he didn't sign, is there a possibility that Lamar, and I don't see it again, because I think everything he said about the Ravens so far, he really appreciates being there. He loves the team. He loves the support from the city is there a possibility that it's either A, more money, which always seems to be the case, or could he be thinking about going somewhere else, which I hope he doesn't for the Ravens' sake, but could be, could there be a possibility that he may be thinking about going elsewhere? I really can't picture him going anywhere else. I think he loves that organization, that city too much, um, but I think he's also seeing like how much more he could get paid. I mean, Deshaun Watson got a huge deal from the Browns, and I think that as time goes on, like he just wants to be paid like, you know, the rest of the guys. Um, but I, I really don't see him going anywhere. I think him and John Harbaugh like a really good relationship as well. No, if which I'm quite sure your your knowledge of Russell Wilson, like the rest of us, is pretty big. He came from the Seahawks. Now surprised everyone with going to Denver because I thought honestly he was gonna end up being in New York because not as much as his wife. Apparently, he wasn't the, the bigger spotlight. Seattle, yeah, he he did tremendous things for the Seahawks. And I think that the, none of the fans, regardless of whatever he decided to do, where he wanted to go, they'll never forget what he did for the organization. But was it a surprise to you as much as I think it was to a lot of people that he chose Denver out of the rest of the 31 NFL teams? Yes. Um, I mean, I had a slight feeling that he was going to leave Seattle. I, I didn't really know where I thought he'd go. Um, it, 
it is interesting to see that he went with the Broncos. Um, but I, I think that, like, you know, I think this free agency as a whole this past offseason has been crazy. A lot of players just going not where anyone expected them to be. Um, so he was just kind of one of those guys that I, I didn't think he'd go to Denver. But also I was like, I don't really know where else he's going to fit. Like, I mean, people talk like how the Colts needed a quarterback or like the Saints, but I couldn't picture him there either. Yeah. And I thought maybe, maybe a slight, slight possibility. I thought maybe the Steelers would end up making a run for him because they're in need of a quarterback and God bless Dwayne Haskins. It's a shame that they you know what happened to him and uh, to him and his family, you know, condolences. I, I just, I couldn't imagine me and either a on the phone hearing what, what had happened or his wife, you know, just to cut off because supposedly she was on the phone with him when the whole thing had happened and it was a cutoff and she was wondering what happened. And then come to find out that it, he had the unfortunate accident on the road down here in Florida. Um, but Pittsburgh now I figured that they would end up making a run for him. Apparently they did not which still leaves them now two quarterbacks short because Ben, his retirement, uh, Mason Rudolph being the backup quarterback, now the starting quarterback until they figure out what they're going to do. And there's not many as far as anyone. No, I'm sorry, Trubisky uh, ended up being over there, if I remember correctly. So now it'd be between Trubisky and Mason as far as for the start, because I don't think they, um, they've announced yet exactly who's going to be in over there as far as for the starter. But either way, they're still going to need another one. And I figured that's who would end up being over there was Russell Wilson. I also thought, because the Jets supposedly – we're going to make a run for him, but I guess the the their current quarterback situation, they didn't want to send out the wrong message, and so they they bowed out of it. So it was just funny to me how he ended up in Denver. Either way, I guess he really likes it over there. He made his first appearance today uh, in uniform and pads for everyone to see, and it just it looks funny when you're seeing him in that Seahawk green for many years to now the orange and the blue with uh, Denver. So you know, good luck to him, and then. The draft is two days away, you know, where, where everyone's excited to see what their team's going to do. For myself, for my Eagles, well, I just got to pray and hope that Harry Roseman does the, the, the right thing because we've <laughs> haven't – last year was a decent draft. This year, I don't know so much. This class coming out of this draft this year is also not as good as what was expected to be. Next year, to keep saying, it turns out to be a lot better, even with quarterbacks. So – well, I guess we all have to be patient to see what happens in the draft. But one other thing I want to get to as far as when it comes to the NFL, the Washington Commanders, which I have nicknamed them DCU because they, it's like a while they were going through the whole naming process, the Washington football team, I just figured it was easier to call them the District of Columbia University team because it made a lot more sense. But Dan Snyder continues to put this team in a bad light. And I feel bad for Ron Rivera because he came into just a complete mess when it comes to Washington. Now they're back in the news again, this time because apparently ticket sales and other things that are going on on the inside. I would like to know, how is Dan Snyder still the owner of the Washington Commanders with the fallout when it came to the former cheerleaders, the front women or the women that worked in the front office, before I say it backwards, and then other women as well that made accusations about what Dan Snyder and other men end up having that they had to do favors for. How is this man still in charge of an NFL team? That's honestly a great question. And I wish I knew the answer because I wonder that myself. How is he still in charge of this team? And I mean, mentioning all those things that have happened, but also just like, 
the the stadium itself like i just feel like everything about it has its problems even like i don't know i'm not up to date if they fixed like their stadium when the fans fell off when they were trying to greet uh jalen hurts after that game but like the fact that like the opposing team had to write a letter to them and like you know you need to fix the stadium fix the stands like this is dangerous like i just feel like they're not he's not really caring about his fans his fan base of people at work for him like it's just been a mess and i i don't see getting any better sooner no and, and it's not it's unfortunate that's why it, i mean they have owners meeting obviously when the season's over and i just i don't understand how in the world he continues to be an owner and then if you're a player no offense, but when if you're in a team that you know that all this stuff's going on and you're trying to excel as a player, like you're trying to, whether it's, you know, you're trying to bring team cohesion, you're trying to put that stuff aside, I can see why some players, they just want out. Now, I I know Debo Samuel, for some reason, wants out of San Fran. One, supposedly he wants to become a running back. According to what he says, he wants to be a running back compared to being a wide receiver. Who the heck knows? But I guess the general manager knows but he's not saying anything to the media as far as why Debo wants out. And it was just, it, it happened so quickly that no one understands. Same way with Jimmy Garoppolo. First, they said he was supposed to be the, you know, the quarterback of the future for San Fran. Now, supposedly, they want to shop around for Jimmy G, which I thought since Tom had made that short little retirement when he left, that then Jimmy G would have made the most sense for Tampa Bay because you're not paying him a whole lot of money and they don't have a lot of money in the salary cap. But then now Jimmy's still there. Tom comes back, and then there's the rumors that the Dolphins wanted Tom Brady. Tom is on his last year with the Bucs, and then maybe maybe next year. It, it all depends on how everything plays out, but maybe he ends up in Miami only because him and his wife are building the Brady Mansion out there in Miami. So there's so much to talk about during the NFL season. It, it's going to be absolutely insane. And if you get the opportunity on Sundays – by all means, hop on with us on Sundays. Even though we do talk, we start with the Eagles because it's a Philly thing. Then we switch over to Tampa, being out here covering the, the Bucks. But by all means, you can jump on with us at any time during the season because it, it's we don't do the super breakdown of the X and O's, you know, where this play, that play. We just talk about the expectations of the games, what we believe is going to end up happening, just like any other fan. And then we kind of take and run it from there. So you know, you have the open invite for the NFL season if you want to jump on and, and talk to about the Ravens because I'm pretty sure my friends up in uh, Ohio who love their Steelers will love to hear nothing <laughs> about the Ravens. <laughs> of course. But listen, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time because I know you have studying and other things to do, but I do appreciate you coming on with me tonight. I, again, thank you for what you did for the All-Star Weekend for the TBL League. Also, thank you for you just you know becoming a journalist, and I hope – that if you do get to the NFL Network, that one day you can, if I see you have a little eight by 10 by yourself, just throw me a little autograph and be like, hey, I remember you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. No problem. Listen, enjoy the rest of your evening. And uh, by the way, congratulations here, even though it's a little bit early, but congratulations on your upcoming graduation. Thank you so much. No problem. Enjoy the rest of your night. You too. So... Now we'll get into some more talk here before the end of the night. And uh, I don't know if if the DJ wants to bring himself up or not, but or maybe he can bring up his uh, he, he can bring up his mic, one or the two. But by the way, the Sixers just to get a little into a little NBA talk here before we end up signing out for the show. Sixers, I I don't want to get frustrated because the Sixers could have definitely did a much better job last night. 
One thing that I tweeted about yesterday during the game was that you had to score points in the paint. The three-pointers that these guys are living and dying by, it's not what it should be. And it makes no sense to me. And I can see that DJ here may, may have turned on his mic. Uh, first of all, to the man behind the glass, thank you for coming back to the show, sir. How's it going? It's been Good. a while. I'm glad to be back. No problem. See, now we'll keep you, see, for the people who don't know who are watching or listening on the downloaded podcast, we'll keep your secret identity because we know that it is very, very secretive to make sure that we don't have you up there on screen. But uh, nonetheless, there, DJ, have the, the Sixers, we've, we've seen this team at their worst, and we <laughs> hopefully, hope to see them at their best. Yesterday was not definitely their best. I don't know what Doc Rivers was thinking. He was calling timeouts way past when he was supposed to have. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. But to me, I don't I don't get what's going to happen with Doc Rivers here. I'm rooting for the man, and I'm hoping that he'll turn things around. But to me, it makes absolutely no sense of how the game is playing out. And I, I know you're constantly busy. I don't know if you had the opportunity to watch the game or not, but do you believe that the Sixers will still have the opportunity of winning the series? I hope there's definitely a possibility. Um all we can do is keep praying and hope everything's going to work out for him. Yeah, that, that's where I hope so. But I, again, it just, it looked so bad yesterday. I mean, it just, like I said, Doc Ferbers, I think it's probably, um, he, he's had worse games. But either way, I know it, it just didn't look well. It didn't look well at all for the Sixers. I know they still have a little bit of momentum on their side. The bench, com, coming off the bench, there was a lot of mental mistakes. I mean, just a whole lot going on and just did not bode well for the Sixers yesterday. So I just hope they can get to get things turned around on Thursday night. At least that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. Obviously, the Nets are out because the Celtics end up sweeping that entire series. And I find it once again funny that now the New York fan base has to deal with what we did here in Philly. And we were saying it in Philadelphia. It's funny how we get criticized because once again, we get talked about how hard we are. It doesn't make any sense for us to be the way we are, that people just get frustrated with us and look at Philly. But in the meantime, supposedly, allegedly, the Nets were talking about bringing Ben Simmons in for game four. We already three games to nothing down. I don't know what they would expect from him coming off the bench, but then again, magically he comes back and he first excuse was that he was still having problems with his lower back. Then the day of the game, they say that he's still dealing with the uh, mental health and that's why he didn't come back. Now, again, as I said on the show, because Ben himself had admitted it as far as the farce when it came to the, to the mental health portion of him. I don't know what New York is going to expect with that hefty contract they had to absorb from the Sixers. So to me, it's time for New York to wake up and realize that they're going to go ahead and get rid of Ben Simmons. And I keep saying it, and I'm going to stand by it until he gets out there because when he gets to LA, the mental health is going to go away. The back issues are going to go away and he'll just be a brand new man, which makes no sense to me. And I know Devin Keeney the other day, she put out a, a tweet and said, uh, can you find a clown? And end up being Ben Simmons in what looked like pretty much a clown outfit. I think it was like orange pants, blue shirt, or a blue jacket. I think a little bit of a hint of red on there. It, it just That's what it seems like. To most people, it just seems like he's a clown at this point because when you cried wolf, then you want to turn spin, spin things around and make it seem like it was a Philly fan base. Now you came after Sixers 
for the $20 million that you lost due to your own accountability, because at no given point in time, the Sixers tell you they didn't want you to play with them. So now the Nets are in this situation where Ben is worthless to him. And then the season comes to a close. Now I will say that the Nets never blamed anything on them. A lot of it was, you know, a lot of injuries that happened to the Nets, a lot of things that didn't go wrong. Steve Nash first year. I mean, there was a lot of things that didn't go right for the Nets. And now the Celtics move on. So now DJ come the Sixers. If they can beat Toronto, because we're going to see exactly what ends up happening here. How much do we believe with the sweep the way the Celtics did to the Nets, would the Sixers be able to make it past the second round? And he may not be okay. Well, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. Uh, I was just trying to pull up something here. All right. Well, with that being said, the Phillies are also trying to do as best they can to save themselves from not going too far in the division. Phillies are having the struggles of their own, uh, very up and down with this team so far. But again, it, it's a marathon and it's a long season for the MLB. So we will see what happens with the Phillies. But nevertheless, it's a long season to go for Major League Baseball. We'll see what happens there. And with that all being said, we thank everyone who watched tonight. Again, thanks to Caitlin, our guest on this evening, for the Tampa Bay Titans for that win, that exciting win that they had over the weekend on Sunday. Now they go on the road to play Huntsville, so that should be really exciting. They are, as I said earlier, they were 6-7. They're actually at 500, so they're 7-7 because of one game that was forfeited by Gulf Coast was not included in there, so they are 7-7. Now, as we turn the page into May here, because every team now looks uh, is heading out for a playoff push, we'll see what happens there. But with that being said, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Tampa Joe's. If you are coming to Florida, especially to the Tampa area, please visit tampajoes.com and or at their location, 9316 in Anderson Road in beautiful Tampa, Florida. A hop's going to jump off the tarmac there at the airport. They have the most excellent food in the area. The drinks are always fresh. Everything's always filling. The staff is always willing to help. And you have a great time. And not only that, the Philly of the South group, the fan club with Mike Klein and everyone else during the NFL season, you will see us, Mike, and everyone in between down there at Tampa Joe's. So if you are an Eagles fan and you're coming in from out of town, that is the place to catch the games on Sunday and Monday, depending on what night in the plane. So thanks to Mike Klein. Now he's coming up on his 26th season, if I remember correctly, with Philly South. And again, with Tampa Joe's, thank you for your support. Mike Goodwin continues to do great things and open up more restaurants. So thank you to Mike Goodwin and his entire staff from Tampa Joe's. Also, if you're looking for a sports getaway weekend, now the guys are heading over to Vegas for draft weekend please visit phillysportstrips.com. And even the upcoming bus trip that they have going out to New York, check out all the trips that they have, the sporting events coming out of Philadelphia to a town near you. Please go to phillysportstrips.com. Vince Rizzuto and the gang do a phenomenal job putting these sports package trips together. And if you guys have not been to either one of their meet and greets or tailgates, you have no idea what you're missing. So check out phillysportstrips.com and also on social media at phillysportstrips. Also to Larry Gilman, that is the studio named after him, the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios. Please visit lgdirect.net if you need 
payment solutions with credit card terminals, please visit lgdirect.net and or if you're looking for apparel, whether it be in t-shirts and or hoodies, you can also call them at 855-777-3863, 855-777-3863. And what you'll end up finding there with, uh, with Larry is that you can get t-shirts printed by him. So by all means, please visit lgdirect.net. Also, the Big Sarge and bigsargesports.com. Monday through Friday, on air on Sports Talk 790. He's also on his own show on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 4. So visit Big Sarge Sports Talk and let him know that I send you great content that he puts out there along with Indy Kalu within the trenches, Monday through Friday, 10 to 12 Central Standard Time. Also, we're the Super Draft Pro for Caesars Pro Sportsbook. Take a look on our website, broadstsouth.com, broadstreetsouth.com. Top corner there, you will see if you like to bet on sports, whether it being for money or end up being just for play, visit the Caesar Rewards Super Draft Pro. And with that being so, we'll close things out. I see one more comment coming in before we end up closing out the night. Sean, uh, what's up, guys? Hopefully the 76 can pull out a win in Toronto tomorrow. Yep, I already talked about that, Sean, so that is true. And by the way, I did not get to you earlier. Your tickets are coming. I forgot to reply back to you there on Messenger, so your tickets are coming, sir. But for everybody else, Terrell, thanks for tuning in. Dave from Rareline Radio LLC. For everyone else, Mike Fuji, who was on assignment this evening, we hope to see him back here come uh, next week. We will not have a show on Thursday because of the draft. So we'll be back here next Tuesday with Aaron Bell. Tuesday night with Aaron Bell, we'll get into a lot of Sixers talk. Then for everyone else, I hope you have a great evening, a great weekend, and we'll see you next week.